Hi, I'm Hillary Walsh, a serial entrepreneur, award-winning immigration lawyer, law professor, TEDx speaker, and raving Phoenix Suns fan. Over the past decade, I've helped thousands of immigrants live free in the United States. I'm talking work permits, social security numbers, green cards, their citizenship, VAWA, T visa, U visa, and lots of successful appeals. Here's the thing. Immigration law is super complicated and legal advice, well, it can be pretty expensive. So I created the Immigration Law Made Easy podcast to share my 10 plus years of experience with you for free. So if you're looking for tried and true, no BS, step-by-step strategies and tips on how to win your immigration case and live truly free in the United States, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Hi there, I'm Hillary Walsh, an immigration lawyer, and I'm happy to visit with you today about the form I-131. It's an advanced parole document. We're going to go through the form itself to kind of give you an overview and answer some of the questions that people have. And I'll tell you what I, as an immigration lawyer, often put for clients. And first things first, we're going to go through what an I-131 is, why you need it, and all of that good stuff. So let's jump right in. It's an application for a travel document. We call this advanced parole because you're, the government is telling you in advance before you leave that you're going to be able to have permission to come back in, um, at least for immigration purposes um, on this end of things. One of the things that you always want to do before you start filling out the form is make sure that you have the most current edition. Now you might ask, how do I know if this is the most current edition? This is the way I do it. We have software in my law firm for double checking and auto updates and all of those things. But I'm old school. You get to be old school with me. And the way that I make sure is I do a Google. We do a little Google and we go straight to the USCIS website. I Google USCIS I-131 and I click on it. For the purposes of figuring out if I have the right form, you go down here to edition date. And we see that the April 2019C is they're going to publish a new one soon. In the meantime, you can keep using the one that has the little C after it or just the one that's got this label on it, despite the expiration date. Now, before we ever start filling out the form itself, you're going to want to know, do I need to fill out this form? Is this form important for me? And step-by-step tips on exactly what to do. So I'm talking to people who either have a green card application pending, so an I-485 pending, or you're going to have it pending um, very soon, or people who have DACA, okay? So if you have DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or if you have, um, if you are filing for a green card now, you've already filed it, or in the future, you're going to file it, you're going to want to file an I-131. So let's start with you. If you are filing an I-485, that is in immigration speak, that's your green card application for getting your green card here in the United States. If you're getting your green card issued to you, if you're going to go abroad, you're not going to want to, the I-131, the I-485, these forms are not going to be relevant for you because you're doing what's called consular processing um, and you'd file a DS-260. So you're not going to need to worry about re- be, being able to enter and exit the U.S. with this travel document because this process won't apply to you. But it does apply to you. A classic example would be you came to the U.S. on a tourist visa. You're married to a U.S. citizen happily ever after. 
You don't want to leave your home. You don't want to leave and go to your home country to get your green card. You want to do it here in the U.S., no problem. But you want to have permission to travel in case, let's say, mom um, wants to see you for Christmas and you want to be able to travel home while your green card application is pending. I always, even when people tell me, you know what, while my green card application is pending, um, I'm I'm not going to want to leave. I'm just going to stay here for the whole thing. That very well may be true, but man, if something happens, um, your best friend gets engaged and you want to travel to go see her, um, or she's getting married or something like that, has a baby, whatever the case may be, and you want to be able to travel. My big thing is freedom. I would rather you have the freedom to choose that you want to stay in the U S for your whole process rather than saying, I'm just not going to apply for this because when you apply with your I-485, there's no cost to this. There's no filing fee for this. And even if they tell you no, that doesn't even mean that you're not going to get your green card later on without issue. So I always file it. Um, The important thing is I want to make sure that before you actually leave and use it, I want to have a conversation with you if you're my client before that happens. Okay. So One key thing is to know that if you are here, classic case, um, very classic case, I'll give you an example of if you're here waiting for your green card to be approved or for maybe your interview to get scheduled and you leave without first getting this I-131 filed and approved, your green card application gets canceled out. The government, the U.S. government will regard it as if you abandoned your green card application because you've left the country um, and it appears you're not coming back because unless you come back with permission, you'd be coming back with a tourist visa and you're not supposed to do that. I actually have a client who did that. She's from Malaysia. She filed for a green card application based on her marriage to her U.S. citizen husband and she and their son traveled back to Malaysia to visit family. No big deal. She'd had a Malaysian uh, passport with an American tourist visa stamped in it for years and years. She'd been traveling to and from the U.S. It was not a big deal. But they didn't know that when she left, she was going to be found to have abandoned her green card application. Her I-485 was basically like torn up and that filing fee and everything else that went on along with it was just like lit on fire and torched because USCIS views this as if you leave while it's pending, it's abandoned. So that's why you need to file an I-131 and travel with it. You get one shot with that one. You get one ability to leave the country and come back with each I-131. You want to have that or you're going to torch your green card case. So that's a big one. Okay. And then the other person is going to be a DACA applicant. So let's go over and look at the instructions now, because there's a whole bunch of specific rules for, I shouldn't say DACA applicants, I should say DACA recipients. So if you already have DACA and you're not in removal proceedings, you don't have a removal order or anything like that. You just have DACA. You want to be able to travel. Let's go take a look at the rules. The instructions are on the USCIS website and they're super informative All of the paralegals, all the attorneys in my firm, we regularly are in these instructions because they can update them without notice and they're given full weight by regulation. Like they're the law of the land and they don't have any type of like when we update laws and when we update major things, most of the time in U.S. law, you're required to have a period where you get input from people, um, from the public 
and then you announce when there are, you know, new, new rules and regulations coming out that the instructions can be updated any old time. So I look at these constantly. You can see that I've already clicked on them. So you click on them here and it's going to take you over to the instructions, instructions for application. You see the form here. So that's how, you know, you're in the right spot. Let me zoom in for us. You can see that there are lots of situations where you're going to want this, but the most important ones, you know, that are not the most important, the most common are going to be number three and four on here. This is for folks who are currently in the U S and the warnings on here are very important just because you get this advanced parole document that says that like, we're giving you permission to re-enter the U S doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to get back in. It's similar to being a lawful permanent resident. You can have a green card but every single time you travel, you have to apply to be admitted back into the United States. It's not a guarantee. So if you know, that's what this is until you're a U.S. citizen, every single time you come to the border in the, in, at the U.S., and you're asking to come in, you have to have permission to enter. And that's a case-by-case -case basis made on the spot by the border patrol agent who's working with you until you're a U.S. citizen, that's the case. So like, this is a serious warning, but don't give it too much weight because I mean, if lawful permanent residents felt that way and they were freaked out, they would never travel. And that's definitely not the intent of what the government's trying to say here. It's just this is the way that it is. If you have criminal history, if you have a warrant out for your arrest, anything like that, um, you know, you should talk to a, you should talk to an experienced lawyer before you actually travel, um, on an advanced parole document. Okay. Let's get down into the meat and potatoes here. We scroll down. I think it's page six talks about DACA with your I-131 for a green card application. It's like, pretty much a guarantee that it's going to get approved. Assuming you don't have any, like assuming you're eligible for it, you where DACA, I'm about to explain all the things you have to do to get approved for a DACA. Um, I-131 for green card. I-131s, you just really don't have that. So don't, don't really, don't really go above and beyond. You can just say that you want to travel to visit family or whatever it is. And it specifically says that, you know, you're not entitled to get a travel document it specifically says here, this travel document is not for vacation. So don't put that I'm going on vacation or I'm going on my honeymoon or anything like that. These are the very specific, all inclusive reasons for why as a DACA holder, you already need to have DACA or you're applying and it's getting approved where things are at right now in August, 2022. The only way that you could do this is if you already have DACA. Okay. You've already got it. It's, it's current. It needs to be for educational purposes, employment purposes, or humanitarian purposes. The most common, um, and it needs to be visiting an ailing relative or to attend a funeral service. So it's including, but not limited to. So if you're visiting your mom, let's say your mom is 52, 60 years old, something like that. And she's in Mexico and you're here and you haven't seen her since you were a kid. I would argue that that's a humanitarian reason and explain why you need to go now, not later. Okay. It helps. I mean, not that I ever want your mom to not be well, but it helps if your mom has some type of medical 
document showing that she has something going on. It's not mandatory, but you know, I would, I would stress that those are important things. Recently, I'll just give you an example of an actual case. We had a client who we applied for her to visit her grandmother who was in her late eighties, Mexican woman. Um, I mean, life's life, um, is short. And when you get in your late eighties, you know, that in my opinion, you are probably ailing. You're not, you're not getting younger. You're getting closer to the end of your life. Right. Um, USCIS asked for a doctor's note explaining what the grandmother's situation was medically. So like they're sometimes very strict. I have not seen this with any other DACA I-131. It kind of blew my mind. We were able to get a letter from the grandmother's doctor and explain that, yes, she has XYZ medical conditions and her life expectancy is blah, blah, blah. How morbid, right? To be able to go visit grandma, we need to talk about her impending death. But that is the level of with it that USCIS is sometimes requiring. Now, don't get me wrong. If this, if this client of ours, had, if her grandmother's doctor hadn't issued this or she didn't have any issues, or maybe the letter from the doctor was weak, we could have still responded that although we do not have this, this is why we're still trying to do this. And then we would see what USCIS said. It, you're not going to get in trouble if you apply and they say no. There's no like penalty for applying and being told no. So don't worry about that. Now, the benefit of having an advanced parole, especially if you have DACA, and especially if you're married to a U.S. citizen or you have a child over the age of 21 who's a U.S. citizen, is that when you re-enter on your travel document, now you have a lawful entry. So now you could apply for adjustment of status. So this is a huge benefit um, for you to not only be able to go see your family member, um, be able to go to a funeral, go to an education, do a study abroad, um, go to a work function, whatever it is with, that fits within those very three specific rules on page five of the I-131 instructions, you know, provide proof of that go do your thing. And then when you come back and assuming you, you know, everything goes without a hitch and we send dozens of clients out of the country and they come back in with no problem every single month. Um, talk to a lawyer. If you're stressed at all, I really, you know, we talk to every single one of our clients before they leave. So it's not like, um, something we just do and we treat it flippantly. It's a really big deal. Um, but people leave the country and they enter on these I-131 travel documents every single day. And then now you have a lawful entry and you can adjust your status and you don't have to wait for Congress to pass immigration reform to get you your green card as a DACA holder, the form. This is not a long form. So that's always a good thing. All your basic information here. Lots of people have multiple names. There's always a page at the end for supplemental um, information. You'll just want to give your legal name, not the name that you go by, not your alias. Your legal name is going to go here. So for me, my name is Hillary Gaston Walsh. Um, I would put my full first name and last name. If I want to put my middle name, I can. Um, I like to have all of my names on my travel documents because then everything syncs up. So I would put Hillary Gaston Walsh because that's my middle name. Your physical address is different than your mailing address. Okay sometimes, but in immigration law on these forms there, they can be different things. So your mailing address is going to be where you receive your mail that can be, 
you know, that can be the post office that can be your immigration lawyer's law office. Um, but your physical address is where you sleep at night. So where do you physically live? Um, and that's what you're going to put for your physical address. These things make most sense. Sometimes for DACA, um, it's going to depend on what your specific situation is, but a lot of folks who have DACA, you're either going to put that you entered as a tourist on a B1, uh, B, B1, B2 visa. So a tourist visa, if you entered with a tourist visa or you entered, a lot of people have entered EWI or entered without inspection. In immigration law, we go by that acronym of EWI, E-W-I. So if you entered without inspection when you were you know, six years old, just put EWI. That was your class of admission when you came into the US. We need to know when you're intending to leave, how long you think you're gonna leave. Again, if you're filing an I-485 with this form, this can be um, TBD, TBD. Like, we don't know because it's not an emergency. We don't have to show that you're leaving for some specific thing or that it's a you know limited circumstance. You just can say TBD and that can totally work. If, however, you have DACA, of course, that's different. Intended date of departure. You need to know when am I going to go see grandma as soon as possible? That works. 10 days? That works. DACA applicants, we need to explain the purpose of your trip and provide evidence of this. Don't just explain it. Give me evidence. List the countries you intend to visit. Give me evidence of why you need to go to those countries based on the three little numbers that we saw on the instructions. You're not applying for, oh, let's see, you're not applying for a reentry permit if you are applying for a green card holder to be a green card holder or a, um, DACA applicants. So don't worry about this for the two people who we're doing this video for. And then last but not least, how many trips are you going to use? One, more than one. Usually it's just one trip. That's what you're probably going to use for your, um, for your DACA. If it's more than one trip, be because, you know, you travel a lot for work and that type of thing. It just, it, as your lawyer, it make me nervous that somehow things would get glitched. And I would prefer for you to file an I-131 for every single time that you take a trip. Personally, that's, that would be my advice. Okay. We sign, seal it and deliver it. And you're all set. Um, I hope this is helpful and that it empowers you to really take back control of your life. But the thing about travel and the thing about really taking control of your life and saying, yes, I'm an immigrant, but I have rights. Yes, I'm an immigrant, but the law is here for me and I'm going to use it to the best of my advantage. I hope that this empowers you to live with that mentality so you can see the world, go see your family, do what you got to do because this is your one precious life. If you need anything, send me a message. I'm attorney Hillary Walsh. You know, my middle name now is Gaston and at New Frontier Immigration Law, my law firm, we're here to help serve immigrants so you can live truly free. Vive Libre. My friend, I'm so glad you joined me today. If you have a friend or family member who may need some immigration law guidance or even just day-to-day -day encouragement, please send them a text or email or a DM on social media and say, hey, I think this podcast is going to help you. I sure wish someone had given me the tips I'm sharing here years and years ago when I was starting out as an immigration lawyer. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Adios.